Welcome to episode 14 of the Paul Ald Podcast. Today's beer is made there by Diebolt. Diebolt? Diebolt? I'm not sure how you pronounce it. It's called Made There. It's a single hopped uh, pilsner, a Japanese pilsner with Sriracha Ace. I have no idea what that is. But it says King of the Pilsners, and it reads a single hopped international pilsner series. Exploring hops and pop culture around the world, this monster of a pilsner is hopped with Japanese Sriracha Ace, brewed with rice and lagered for five months. It's smooth yet bold with subtle citrus notes. Brewed and canned by Diebold Brewing Company, LLC, in Denver, Colorado. Let's take our first sip. That's a good one. It's got a bit of a bite to it. And it's refreshing at the same time. How's everybody doing? Hope you all are having a great week so far. Uh, this month is just crazy, dude. It's like, I have so many vacations, or I had so many vacations planned. I had like three huge vacations planned this, this month. Two, one of which is over with. Um, and last month I had like two vacations. One to Vegas and one to um, Kansas City and Illinois. And it's just making, like, the the weight management, like, so hard. Because when I go to these cities on my vacation, it's like, it's my vacation. I should be able to eat whatever I want, right? And so it's just so hard to, to stay at a certain, so hard to stay in shape, I guess. Because I'm just eating bad all the time. Uh, yeah. This weekend we're going to New Orleans. I'm actually going there on Thursday. So it's weird because it's like I started work again today on Tuesday. <laughs> and I'm only working for two days this week. Today and tomorrow. And then I'm off for the rest of the week. So I'm leaving for New Orleans on Bastille Day. So I think it should be kind of crazy. Uh, this past weekend though, I was in LA. Um, this was a trip that was planned quite a bit in advance and it didn't end up going how i thought it would so i thought i was gonna actually drive to la do the 16 hour drive there do the 16 hour drive back and so i asked for additional time off just to have more time in the city but then i thought why not just take a plane when you can be home faster and you can also get there sooner and get more time in the city so i actually changed my mind at the last second which costs a lot of money, but it's also like I was okay with it. Because it was just going to make life so much easier. So I ended up booking a hotel like the day before. <laughs> Literally the day before I was supposed to leave. Uh, and, uh, and a flight and all that. And I got a rental car. And it, it did cost a lot, but uh, I think it was worth it. Um, it was a weekend to not be forgotten. A weekend that probably will not be forgotten because... So I arrive early, like 8.30 in the morning in L.A. on, on Friday and uh, get the rental car. The first thing I do is I just drive through some old neighborhoods in Santa Monica and El Segundo. I hit up the Whole Foods on uh, Sepulveda, a.k.a. Pacific Coast Highway, um, because they have this amazing smoothie called the Amazon Berry that you seriously cannot get in this state as far as I know. 
but it's an amazing smoothie um, that they have at that specific location. So I got the smoothie. It was amazing. Plugged into uh, a, a local Starbucks just to catch up on work, just to because there's some stuff going on that kind of needed my attention, or at least I wanted to check in on people and make sure everything was going smoothly. And then I walked around Santa Monica for a little bit, but then I decided I was going to head up the Getty before it got too late because it does close at like 6 or 5.30 on Fridays. So I went to the Getty. That was an amazing experience. Um, just a beautiful day. Um, it, when I arrived in L.A., it was cloudy. It was that June, July, August fog that L.A. gets in the mornings. And then it miraculously, like becomes clear by like 2 p.m. <laughs> uh, I think it's just smog related or something. It's been going on for like years and years though. They call it the June uh, gloom, but it, it's generally in July and August too. So it's just the general summer gloom thing that totally happens very commonly. Um, so anyway, but by the time I got to the Getty, it was like 2.30. No, I think it was more like 1 or 1.30. Uh, so it was completely cleared up by then. It was blue skies. And the Getty, when you get up there and you take the train or the tram up there, it's so beautiful because it has a, it has an amazing view of, like, Hollywood, downtown. Like, you're way up there. And, like, you can see the entire L.A. downtown skyline. And you can see the, the like, the... <laughs> the thing about L.A. that's so funny is that there are multiple downtowns. Like, El Segundo has a downtown. <laughs> Long Beach has a downtown, I think. <laughs> Hollywood has a downtown. <laughs> and then LA, like central LA, like has a, its own downtown. <laughs> uh, and maybe Pasadena has a downtown. Like, it's, it's crazy. There are multiple downtowns. So uh, uh, at the top, at the Getty, like the main level where you actually view the exhibits, you can see like multiple downtowns, like one behind another. <laughs> it's so weird to see that. It's like, oh yeah, and we used to live in a place where there are multiple downtowns, or I used to. Um, so <laughs> that's just I thought it was funny, but it was just beautiful views, and honestly, the outdoor area of the Getty is just like, just stunning. Like eh. the architecture of that building, like just like the the bushery, the trees, like it's just so well capped and it's so beautiful and they've got like a, a little like like a little tent that you buy like coffee and like treats and sandwiches from they're like 20 bucks or something but their coffee is really good and you just walk around they're like four main exhibits each having arts both sculptures and paintings from a certain era and but but the outdoor part is just stunning like the fountains the the trees the whole thing is just amazing and they've got this own, they, they got this like garden behind it that's also beautiful. So I get up there, I have a coffee. The coffee was amazing. Uh, and then I start walking around the exhibits. The exhibits were amazing. Um, I think Nelson Atkins, which I didn't even go through completely, kind of gets the nod as far as the content. Um, but uh, the Getty has a lot of really, really good paintings. Um, and sculptures, I don't think they were quite as good as, uh, Nelson Atkins, but they were pretty good. Um, I think my favorite of the four, um, like, area, like, the four buildings 
was let me check let me check hold on I still have the map yeah so there are four pavilions and the south pavilion I think I like the most but I actually didn't start there because the last time I was at the Getty in like 2013 that was the pavilion that me and Frank basically started with. So I was like, I'm not going to start with that. We didn't get time to see the other pavilions because we started with the South Pavilion. Uh, but I actually had like four hours, so I eventually got to the South Pavilion anyway. And I think it was my favorite just because it was... There's just so much like really, really good like antique furniture and like amazing like walls and chandeliers and just very ornate rooms. Like they have like a room that looks like a, a wealthy person's room from like the 1700s or something and it's just really well put together there was this really good uh changing like art exhibition not exhibition there was like a changing art display what was it called changing exhibitions that is what it's called <laughs> i got it right um i forget what pavilion it was in but it was this woman who was like jogging or something and the the painting was like from like the ground to like like full floor to ceiling it was that tall and it was just a beautiful piece of art and i don't remember which one it was and the map isn't showing me but uh it's it was just really beautiful um so I started with the North Pavilion, which I thought was really cool, but the North Pavilion goes into, like, the paintings there are all, like, really, really, like, Bible-based, like, and, like, royal family-based, and, like, half of the paintings in there are like, oh, this was John, St. John the Baptist when he met with Jesus, like, oh, this is him meeting with Mary, oh, this is him, like, it was like half him and Jesus, like just paintings, with, which just got really old. Like, I don't know. Some of these pavilions, like when you had seen like half or three quarters of the paintings, by that point you just wanted to leave because it just got too monotonous. Um, but uh, I thought it was really, really cool. Um, and I posted on Instagram some of my favorite pieces from that. So if you want to check my Instagram... I don't know if I've ever mentioned it, but it's Aldrich, M-K-E, A-L-D-R-I-C-H-M-K-E uh, on Instagram. So I did post like two Instagram posts just with my favorite pieces. By the way, Total Tangent, I think it's so stupid that Instagram, despite how popular it is, still doesn't let you have more than 10 images in a post. How is it this popular? And like, but you can't have more than 10 images in a post. It's a huge social media network, but it has such a huge flaw. Like, what? <laughs> On Facebook, it's this. It's using the same technology, and you can add as many pictures as you want to a post, I think. Or you create an album, if not. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's so stupid. Uh, so anyway, the great Getty was awesome. Uh, left there, headed to Pink's for some hot dogs. That was really good. And then... Actually, I had just enough time to get that and then head to the Greek theater, which I saw Fleet Foxes there at night. It was really cool. Um, I think there's like a weird culture. It's it's like a sit-down thing. 
And I think two things are at play here. First, I think there's a culture there of sitting down because there are chairs. And so I think everybody just sits down, um, which kind of sucks because I like to stand up, especially when I'm enjoying a song. But then I feel like kind of like rude because then I'm blocking people's view, right? The other element that I think was there was I don't think a lot of people there were actually Fleet Foxes fans. <laughs> There's some people right next to me that like, they clapped at the end of each song, but they never really talked about the songs. Like, they they weren't, like, really vibing to it all. They weren't, like, you know, standing up, like, dancing, like, clapping. I don't know. It just seemed like they, they had no interest and they had never seen the band before. And they were just like, whatever, we'll go to a concert just to see this band that we don't know <laughs> so i feel like a lot of the con- I, feel, I felt like a lot of the audience was like that because nobody was standing up i mean so a lot some people like maybe a quarter of the crowd towards the end were standing up but only for certain songs and it just seemed like i mean even even robin was basically like the fourth song in he was like hey you guys can stand up you know <laughs> like it seemed like he was like what the fuck? Why is nobody standing up? And so I was like, fuck, I want to stand up, but I feel like a dick because <laughs> I block people's view. So I don't know. I feel like next time, if I go there again, I'm definitely going to be at the far, far back so that I'm not worried about obstructing people's view. Or I'm at the very front because at least the people at the very front are going to be into it. You know, they're going to be like the people that are like the biggest fans, probably. So I saw a ton, like, the entire front, like halfway through the concert, was just like continually standing. So, um, the back or the front, not the middle for me, I think, next time. But I really liked the venue. I really liked the venue. Um, it looked a little bit different than I thought it would because in GTA 5, I've visited it. <laughs> and I swear I have some other, like, picture of it, but now I need to play GTA 5 again and just drive to the theater and just compare them <laughs> totally um but i really liked it it looks really cool on the outside on the inside it, it seems a little bit smaller than i thought it would be again probably because gta 5 influenced me but uh i really like the venue overall i just i just didn't like the not standing part but maybe it was just that concert so after the greek theater um i don't know i was I got some fast food or something, nothing really to report there, and then I went to sleep really late, and then like 1 a.m. or something, and then I woke up the next day at like 9 or 9.30 or something. So the next day, I went to Disneyland with a couple work friends, and that was a lot of fun. Um, it was weird because it took a while for us to like get going because uh, we had to like go back to, we had to wait for someone to go back to their house and pick up a ticket or something. So we lost a little bit of time, but um, once we got started, it was pretty cool. You know, we got the lightning pass, so we got to skip some of the lines uh, and speed that process up. Um, we did a bunch of rides. Uh, we did the Haunted Mansion, which was pretty cool. We did the Winnie the Pooh ride, which was pretty cool, actually. There's a part of that ride where, I don't know, it's it's, <laughs> it's really interesting. It's just these weird creatures are, like, moving, and it's, like, it's kind of cool. It looks like something out of, like, I don't know. You you think you're on, like, an acid trip or something. <laughs> uh, 
If you want to see it, then you can probably find images online. It's the Winnie the Pooh ride at Disneyland. There's a part of it that's really cool where, I don't know, it just looks freaky. Anyway, uh, we also went to the uh, Indiana Jones ride. That was really fun. It was very bumpy. We did the uh, Space Mountain ride. That was a lot of fun. That was like the second to best ride in the park. And then we did the Rise of the Resistance, which was amazing. Like... I don't know. It's a newer ride. I think they implemented it like after The Force Awakens. And uh, at first you think, you know, you're getting into a ship and you can only see what's going on outside the ship from like the front and the back. And so like with 15 people on the ride, most of them can't really see what's going on. So you're like, wow, is this the ride? And then... You get all of a sudden, like something comes on the comms where it's like, "We're gonna be boarding you now, your vessel or something." The Imperial, the the Empire is gonna be boarding your vessel. It's really like, okay, and then the doors open and it's actually like, like people that work on at the ride, like impersonating Imperial soldiers and being like. Okay, rebel scum, move this way. You're going to be interrogated or something. And so you walk out, and it's this huge like room with like like Tie Fighters and Imperial soldiers and shit. And it's just like when you enter that ship, it looks completely different. But when you arrive and they open the doors, it's it's different. And it's like everyone's like moving along, and just like the acting by the people who are like you know managing the ride or hosting the ride. I don't know working at the ride was just like phenomenal like they were fully in character it's just it was really cool and it took us all by surprise because we thought the ride was just like in the ship and that was it <laughs> and so we just walked through and you get like rescued or something like i don't know it's really amazing and then there's there's this drop at the end that i don't think anyone saw um so it was it was just amazing it's worth it to get the lightning pass just for that ride because you have to buy it separately for like 20 bucks, but it was worth it. We also went to a few other rides. There was, uh, we did the canoe thing, which was like not a ride. You have to like manually, you know, <laughs> row the canoe, which I thought that was cool because it's like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you're on vacation, so you don't want to have to do any manual effort, but it's like, it's kind of cool to like get a break from the, wow, I'm just sitting here you know, waiting for stuff to happen into, like, an active, like, you know, you're getting some exercise. So I liked it. Oh, the tour guide was, like, I don't know, she was, like, so, she had so given up on anyone enjoying it. Like, she was, like, yep, you're stuck here now. You took the wrong ride. You wondered why it was only a 15-minute wait or five-minute wait. Well, that's because nobody wants to be on this ride because it requires manual effort. I was, like... That's not necessarily true. It's like she was... I don't know. She was dissing her own ride. <laughs> it's kind of seemed wrong. But anyway, I, I liked it. I'm glad we did that at the beginning and not at the end when we were, like, tired as fuck from walking everywhere. Uh, yeah, so we did a few other rides. But overall, Disneyland was cool. I think Disney World is better. It's got better shopping opportunities and better dining. I mean, that whole... Uh, what is it called? There's that whole center or part of Disney World that has, like, cuisines from, like, every single part of Europe or something. So there's, like, English cuisine and there's, like, 
Scandinavian cuisine, and that part is amazing. I for, I'm, I'm blanking on the title of it, but uh, and I thought I had better shopping experiences. Like there weren't really many like shopping. There weren't many shops in the actual like park. There were just there were some in downtown Disney, but other than that, I didn't see anything at all. Whereas in Disney World, there were just like tons of shops with like really interesting stuff in them. Um, but otherwise, I mean, I, I thought it was pretty cool. What's weird is that we didn't actually go into the castle, which I wanted to do, but then I, I was tired by the end, and so I was like, okay, let's just go. But I feel like I should have gone to that castle just to see what's going on. Um, anyway, that's Disneyland. <sighs> Got some dinner after that, some Chinese food. That was really good. And uh, Sunday, I started by going to Rubel Castle which was this, like, man-made castle in Glendora. It was super sick. It was, like, a one-and-a-half to two-hour um, tour. And lots of history, lots of old stuff to look at, old cars. And it was just really, really cool to look at. Highly recommend that if you live in or around the L.A. area. Uh, Rubel Castle. R-U-B-E-L. Um, after that, I was kind of... I don't know. Hopping around restaurants and uh, walking around Brentwood a little bit for like a half hour because I didn't end up having enough time. I wanted to walk from my old house on Kansas all the way up to Brentwood like I used to do, uh, but I just did not have the time to do that, so maybe next time. And then at the end of the night, I met up with my friend Malik, which is really cool. I'm glad we were able to do that uh, because it was just a really cool talking with him again and hanging out and uh, having some beers at Belmont Brewing Company in Long Beach. So it was a really solid end to the weekend. And then uh, Monday I flew back home. And that was yesterday. So it was a solid weekend. I might be forgetting something about it. The food was amazing. I mean, the only thing I, I feel like I made the mistake of like trying to have too much food. <laughs> Like, I was just trying to, like, fit in as much L.A. food as I can because, like, whenever I go back home somewhere, like, to Milwaukee, I'm always like, oh, fuck, I gotta eat that again. But it's just like, I don't know. Why Why should food be a goal? It's kind of stupid. Because then you overeat and shit. It was just poorly executed. Anyway. Oh, and I totally had a rental car, so I was driving around L.A., and it was so fucking funny to go back on the 4 or 5 again when they were just, like, obviously, like, even at, like, 9.30 or 10 in the morning on a Friday, it was just super busy. And being in, like, rush hour and busy traffic on the 4 or 5 again gave me serious nostalgia. Like, it was like, what's up, guys? I'm back. I remember this. This sucks. But I actually missed this. I'm enjoying it right now. <laughs> Uh, legit miss being on the 405 for some reason. This is a weird nostalgia of being like, I used to have to deal with this a lot. I remember this. I remember this. Uh, I got a decent rental car. It was like a Visa, uh, let's see, no, Nissan Mirage? No, Mitsubishi Mirage. Uh, it was, it had good brakes and it had good handling, you know, it was a, it was a pretty decent car. Um, but then I, I came back to driving my car today 
and holy crap, it just feels so slow. Like turning is so slow with my the car I have at home compared to the to the rental, and like braking is obviously slower. It just feels weird driving the car that I own. Um. So yeah, I think a, a decent chunk of the weekend in LA was just driving on the four or five and the five and the ten and shit. <laughs> Which kind of sucks. <laughs> but it's like, I I don't know. My Airbnb, I don't think I even talked about this. My Airbnb, I actually decided to put in Whittier, CA, which is southeast of downtown. And the reason I chose Whittier is because it was equidistant to Santa Monica, which I knew I wanted to visit for walking around my old apartment and visiting restaurants again. And it's equidistant to Ruble Castle and Glendora, and it's equidistant to uh, Anaheim, which is where Disneyland is. So it's like smack dab in the middle of those three places, all of which I want to go to. So I was like, well, it makes sense to just get an Airbnb there, so that doesn't take too long to, to go from here to there to there, you know? But I think I should have just gotten one in uh, Santa Monica, because that's where I kind of wanted to spend most of my time. Um, I don't know. I... It was, you know, it's like L.A., so it's like an hour to go from Whittier to any of those places. No, it's more like a 35-minute drive, but it depends on how busy it is. Um, going west to Santa Monica or Hollywood is like an hour. Going east to Glendora is less than that, 45. And then going to Anaheim, depending on the time of day, is like 30, 35, maybe. So, yeah, it definitely depends on the time of day and which direction you're going, but... Overall, it's just like the, the weekend was like a lot of driving, which kind of sucked. <laughs> oh, by the way, on the drive home from Chinatown on Saturday night after I got my Chinese food, uh, I was on the 4 or 5, and I was just chilling, and I was driving around, and I just witnessed a really fucked up crash. Like, <laughs> it, it wasn't that bad, but it was just like, I had never really seen a crash on the 4 or 5 like this before. Like, well, no. What I meant to say is I've never really seen a crash this close to me on the 4.5, or maybe at all. Basically, a truck was merging into the right lane, and then, which was to the right of me, and then he merged into the lane to the right of that. But then he merged, he, he went back, he tried to go back into the, into one lane over to the left, which was on my right, right? And so then, he didn't have it like a turn signal, or he did it too fast, and so... He, he merged into that lane on the left, and then a van just ran right into him, and just a bunch of debris and shit came out. Like, they didn't crash too hard or anything, but it was just, like, it was legitimately a crash that happened, like, right next to me. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I didn't get insurance on the rental car. <laughs> Thank God that was me. <laughs> Which, I don't know. I just didn't think I was going to need it. So, maybe it was stupid, but I didn't want to pay for it. <laughs> so I didn't get insurance on the rental car. Which basically means if I got into an accident, I would have to pay for the damage. Which was really stupid, when I think about it. But I was just trying to avoid spending too much. But wow, that was stupid. But I also was like, fuck it, I'll just drive safely. And I'll be super... I'll drive like an old lady, which is kind of what I did most of the time. Anytime I'm changing lanes, put on a turn signal, look over my shoulder like twice, and fuck it. I'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that was really stupid now that I'm thinking about it. But I also didn't care too much, so I was like, fuck it. Uh, that's, I think that's it for the LA stuff. 
It was a solid weekend, but it was also a lot of driving. Uh, some of which I enjoyed, some of which, most of which I... So on the subject of cars, I'm trying to decide if I want to buy a new one or not. Because it's like... I don't know, my current car is kind of like... I'm not enjoying it as much as I used to. Compared to this rental car I just drove the other day, it feels slow and clunky and... I've been avoiding, like, repairing certain parts of it because I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm just going to buy a new car, so I'm not going to spend money repairing this one. Uh, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Part of me wants an electric vehicle that doesn't require any gas. Part of me wants a convertible so I can, like, in the summer, put the top down and just, like, be like, whatever. So, but I, I don't know if I really can afford either or both, like, an electric convertible at this point. But I don't. I also don't want to spend like fifteen to twenty five thousand on like a decent car. If I'm gonna to plan to buy like a fifty to sixty thousand dollar car later, you know. So it's I'm in a weird situation, because I kind of want a convertible and I kind of want an electric, and I don't think it makes any sense to buy one now because I really need to save up for that. Like I, I don't want to cut into my savings too much to buy just a nicer vehicle it just doesn't make a lot of sense right now but i also don't think it makes a lot of sense to buy a a slightly better car that's going to cost like a quarter of what the my dream car would be and i'm just going to buy the dream car later then that's kind of like a waste or i guess no it's not because i'm selling it so if i bought a i'm so stupid <laughs> i don't know i'm thinking about it like if i bought a decent car for $20,000 and then I'm like fuck it let's get a convertible like a year later I could then sell that car that I just bought for like 15 to 20 so I don't think I was factoring in the selling costs <laughs> or the selling price that I'd be putting up for anyway I'm thinking about buying a new car I need to think about it thoroughly I'm gonna get an electric convertible guys Maybe. <laughs> Probably not. But I like to think about it. Also, if I buy a new car, I think I'd like to just buy a Ford. I kind of just miss having Fords. Uh, it's mostly just the brand admiration. Because my mom had a Ford Taurus and I kind of miss the Taurus. But I also love Honda. Because my mom had Honda. That cute little red 2003 Honda Civic was so fucking awesome. It was supposed to be Frank's. She bought it for him. And then, like, I forget what happened. Like, he didn't want it or he couldn't afford Like, he had to buy it and he just didn't have the money or something. And so it ended up being Mom's. So, yeah. I don't know. I just, I'm just so sick of my current car. I've had it for, like... Seven years now, seven and a half. I bought it in January of 2015, and when I bought it, I was like, yeah, I'll keep this for like five years and I'll get a new one. It's been seven and a half, and I haven't gotten a new one yet. I also don't drive my car a lot, and I try not to drive it a lot. But when I do have to drive it, I feel like I want a better car. Just like a nicer car on the outside and the inside. So I gotta, I gotta figure that out. In other news, I signed a lease for a new apartment. Um, it's actually a really, really nice apartment. It's in the perfect area. It's in North Cap Hill. 
Uh, it's like just a block, not even a block north of Colfax, um, but it's not like close enough to Colfax where it feels like it's going to be like not very quiet or anything. It's a very quiet neighborhood um, from what I've seen. I really like it. It's weird because it's kind of like on the third floor, but um, I love it because it's in a great area. It's got lots of space. It's got lots of cubbies to put shit in. Um, it's technically a two-bedroom, but I'm probably going to use the second bedroom either for the office or for the bar table, which might be coming. Because the kitchen in this unit won't have enough space for the for all the bottles, so I'm gonna have to create. I'm gonna have to add a, a table for the for the bottles. Um, <clears throat> it's just kind of cute in that it's got like cute little windows that look out to the other units and stuff. And what's weird is that there's like out there's like a back door out the kitchen, and there's a spiral staircase that goes down to the backyard, which there's a like a you know fenced in backyard. It's a shared yard, but I still get to put, like, some of my stuff in, you know, like, my chair and some plants and stuff out there. What's weird is that this spiral staircase, like, you open the door from the kitchen, and there's just, like, you look down, and vertically, there's just, like, air on each side of the spiral staircase. <laughs> so it's just, like, a, it's just, like, a complete drop. Like, <laughs> it's kind of creepy, because if you're not in the staircase, like... There's just air. So I, it's kind of interesting. Um, but it's got really nice appliances. It's got a washer and dryer in the unit. It's got a parking space, obviously. Uh, it doesn't have AC, but I'm just going to get a wall unit or, you know, a regular AC unit, not in the wall. And, uh, I mean, it has, its, it has its disadvantages. Like, it doesn't have a tub, which I didn't realize until late. Um, but I don't use my tub to do baths very often. I don't take baths very often. I do showers. Um, I like having the ability to do that, but I don't need to do that because I've maybe took like three or four baths in the last year and two months that I've lived here <laughs> in my current apartment. So it's like, eh, I don't need that. The other disadvantage is I'm not sure how much light it gets because it's kind of like the windows are small and it's up on the third floor. We'll see. Um... And I might not be able to have a puzzle table. There might not be room for that. But I might just get a, a folding table for that and just like put it in somewhere in the living room when I want to make a puzzle. So I don't know. There's some stuff that's got to be figured out. But uh, moving in August 1st, which is going to be weird because I'm actually going to be... Uh, at the start of that day, I'm not actually going to be in Denver. I'm going to be in Nashville. Uh, but I'm going to be arriving in Denver at like at 10 a.m. So what I'm going to have to do is the week before, I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to have everything packed, like, and ready to go. So that when I get back to my house around like 11 a.m. Denver time, I'm going to have to have the meet, like, the movers are going to have to meet me at my apartment then. And then we're going to have to, like, have everything moved out maybe by like 7 or 8 or something. It's going to be a little bit hectic, but uh, should be doable. I'm really looking forward to the unit, though, because just the location is perfect. And it's got a washer-dryer, and it's got a really nice kitchen, and there's going to be a place for Hope's box that won't be a, uh, <laughs> a bedroom closet. And uh, I don't know. 
it's just kind of cute to be on the third floor, although it's, it might be a little bit inconvenient as well. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, so I'm overall looking forward to it. It's going to be a little bit more pricey than my current apartment, but not by much. Maybe like like 50 bucks more per month. But there isn't a, a pet fee, and there isn't a monthly pet fee either, which is cool. Because a lot of these apartments, I think I've said this before, but a lot of these apartments charge like a 500 non-refundable pet fee. <laughs> Even for like hardwood floors. Like, okay, so nothing happens. The cat doesn't piss or poop or ruin anything and I still have to pay 500 bucks and I'm not getting that back even though the cat has not done anything it doesn't make any fucking sense to me and <laughs> I fucking hate that so this apartment is cool in that you know they don't do that to you it's gonna be a little bit weird because it's gonna be my first shared backyard uh, like experience but I'm okay with that and it's not gonna be totally private it's gonna be like you know there are gonna be people out there sometimes but I don't know as long as I can go out there and listen to music and my AirPods and booze privately and no one bothers me, then we should be good. Yeah, this apartment has like a bunch of cubbies, which is cool because they can put all kinds of like stuff in there for storage. But it's, it's a pretty cool unit, so I'm looking forward to it. I am currently reading War and Peace. I'm on page 460 something out of 1400. <laughs> uh,. I'm, I'm really enjoying it, honestly. It's just, it's crazy how this book really just switches between those two things, like, seamlessly. Like, one chapter they're talking about how the war is going, and the next chapter, like, it's a party, it's a soiree, and there are people that you know, like the emperor or the general, like soldiers in the war are at that soiree and they're talking about the war and they just cut, like, the author connects those two so perfectly. Um, so I'm really just liking the, the characters. Prince Andrea is like my favorite character right now. I just love that character. Pierre is kind of like the, <laughs> the one you like to laugh at because he's kind of like, I don't know. He's kind of, like, oblivious sometimes to some things. Uh, Rostov and Denisov. Denisov is one of my my favorite characters. Um, because of how they, like, have his, his, like, lines are, like... Like, he can't pronounce R's very much. He pronounces his R's, like, W's, and so the author really, like, makes that obvious. <laughs> sometimes replacing, like, R's with W's, like, Rostov. Um... And I just like the writing style, like the use of similes and stuff. It's just really good. Um, although the thing with that book is it's a bit weird in multiple ways. First of all, there's just a lack of punctuation. <laughs> like, there's just missing punctuation. And sometimes, like, words just don't make sense altogether. Um, and there's a lot of French translations and... The French that they're using is, like, old French. Like, it's not... Like, it, like people today in France probably could translate it, but it's just so... It's just, it's such a weird old version of French. Uh, or maybe it's, like, a specific to Russian French. You know I mean? Like, people in Russia... Maybe it's 
their version of French, like like the Canadians have their own version of French that's slightly different. Maybe it's that, or maybe it's just old, because the book is from like the 1800s or 1900s, right? It, I don't know. But it's kind of weird, because it's like... <sighs> I know what that means, but you wouldn't say it like that. You'd say it like this. <laughs> what? <laughs> so it's kind of funny. But what's cool is that the, the book basically gives you all the translations and the footnotes of every page. So you can learn your French while you're going along. Um, so I'm going to try to read books a lot more often. Uh, I, I just, I wish I was reading books way more often and actually completing them and like having that to, to, you know, having that to be able to talk to people about, like I'm reading a book and I'm also completing books. I mean, this is going to be a long one. Um, and I'm committed to finishing it before I start another book, which I really, that's my passion right now is reading, finishing this book that I started like two years ago, War and Peace. Uh, yeah, so friendship ended with video games. Now reading books is my new friend. <laughs> Ideally. <sighs> and with that, we will have a short but sweet gaming corner. My new Game Boy Color came and it is fucking amazing. Okay. Episode two or three or four, I mentioned that I ordered a custom Game Boy Color with like an advanced, you know, screen and like just, you know, a completely rebuilt Game Boy Color, right? And it's it, it was scheduled to arrive sometime late July, like July 23rd, July 27th, something like that. And it came way early. Um, and it arrived... And I unpacked it, and it's it looks just like a Game Boy Color, except it's got some differences. So I got a blue one, um, and oh my god, when I turned it on, my face was just like, I could not believe what I was seeing. Like, the graphics are so crisp. It doesn't even look like a computer. It doesn't even look like a Game Boy screen. It looks fake. Like, it's just like someone, like, wrote the letters on the, on the freaking screen or something. Like... It just looks so perfect. Like, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Like, it was just so... I don't know, just so beautiful. Like, the graphics were amazing. And also, it has a slightly bigger screen, I think. And the words Game Boy Color below the screen actually light up with the same color as the outside of the console. So I bought a blue console, so it lights up as blue. And even the power light is blue. And so it works well because I'm playing Pokemon Blue. <laughs> uh, and so it was just amazing. Like, I'm at, it's just, it's blowing my mind how how amazing it is. Like, it has a brightness adjuster. Um, and at the max brightness, it's just, like, super bright and clear and beautiful graphics. Um, I'm just blown away. Um, so I, I really have been enjoying playing on that lately. And I... Might post something to Instagram just showing the graphics, but whatever I post won't even do justice. <laughs> you just gotta see this thing. So, yeah. It's just so cool that I have, like, a, a Game Boy Color that can play Game Boy Color games at such an, an unbelievable level of quality and detail. Um, so that's super cool. So I'm gonna try to protect the screen as much as I can. When I'm not playing it, I'm gonna be putting it into, like, a plastic sleeve or something. 
Um, so yeah, it's awesome. Uh, that's the that's the end of the gaming corner. Couple more notes. I have a Twitter technically. I don't post on it very often. I created it just as a joke. I used to post on Twitter often, um, but then I started realizing that Twitter is just kind of like toxic and random people can post random crappy shit for no reason. And I just started hating it. But I'm going to not take it seriously and just post random stuff occasionally and memes. Mostly about like real life and the podcast. So if you want to follow, it's at the Paul Ald on Twitter. And I don't have much on there, and I might not have much, but in case you want to follow me and see my tweets, which won't be very often, you can follow me. I think that's it, peeps. That's mostly it. I'm reading the uh, Denver Chronicle, the Cherry Creek Chronicle. And I was just going to read this to see if there's anything happening. Are there really enough electric vehicle charters? Good questions. Nothing really good in there to read. Nothing really good in there to read. So that's going to be the end of this episode, guys. I hope you did enjoy it. And uh, this week's advice is to uh, say no sometimes. Don't always say yes. Um, Sometimes you have to say no. And other advice includes exercise and eat healthy I have gotten so out of shape I need to follow my own advice honestly (laughs) Uh, that's all for this one guys I'll see you guys next week and have a wonderful wonderful Tuesday goodbye